Well, friends, I, I'm so excited you're here. Easter, Easter celebration. Uh, whether you're here uh, in Facebook or on our website or any of our streaming platforms, I want to encourage you to check in. It helps us to know you're here. And on a day like this, when we've got lots of good friends who are here for the very first time, that is a great gift. So if you're on our streaming platforms or Facebook, if you'll check in on the app or tmumc.org slash here, that helps us to know you're with us. And man, it allows us to check in with you, to connect with you, to build relationships with you. Of course, if you're on the church website, it's just right there. You just click on it and that'll be a great opportunity. But wow, Easter, the celebration of an empty tomb, the celebration of new life. What a great opportunity. I am so glad that you've chosen to do that with us. Here and at Treach, we've been fasting. And if you've been with us, you know that, man, that means going without. It means doing without. It means sort of emptying ourselves. We've been trying to do that throughout these last 40 days to remind us that if we'll simply clear our lives, God can fill us. What a powerful gift we've discovered. And now it's feast day. That's what Easter is. It's a feast of new celebration, a feast for new life. And I don't know about you, but I love eating. Eating is like right on my top list. And all the things that come with Easter, all the candy, all the good stuff, I love it. I'm going to go chow on it in just a few minutes after this service because I love to do that. Now, you got to know, I love the chocolate. I love the nuts. I love the candy but not the peeps. Those are of the devil, I'm convinced. So don't eat your peeps, right? But anyway, we're gonna feast, we're gonna celebrate because we have this gift that claims for us new life and new possibilities. And you know, all four of the gospels of Jesus Christ tell this story, but today we're gonna be in the gospel of John that tells a powerful encounter with Peter and John and even Mary Magdalene. And so I want to invite you to join us as we retell this story that reminds us of how new life is possible in and through Jesus. So near the very end of the Gospel of John in the 20th chapter, we hear some powerful words about that encounter that Peter and John and Mary had. And so I want to read a portion of that for you. The first several verses of John chapter 20. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. We believe that's John, and we're going to stick with that. And said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, but lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. Now the rest of the story goes like this. Mary stayed when Peter and John left. And she was tearful and certainly beside herself because she didn't fully understand what this meant. And all of a sudden, a stranger to her at least showed up 
She began to have a conversation with him and, and tell him that she was distraught and didn't fully understand what all this meant. And the stranger began to talk to her, and it was Jesus. And as they spoke, Mary still didn't recognize him until at one point Jesus called her by name, Mary. And it was in that moment she experienced who he was. She recognized him, and she understood what he was doing. And finally, in the last verse of this section, in verse 18, we hear this about Mary. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that they had said these things to her. That's a powerful story of encounter and experience in Jesus, right? And all of these people, Peter and John and certainly Mary, have this understanding that is beside what they ever understood. You can well imagine that as they got to the empty tomb, they were, they were distraught. They didn't understand what had happened and they clearly didn't know what the future held. But this day, they would become new. They would be altogether different. And it was all because of what they saw and what they experienced. And so today I want to talk a little bit about the original language that this was written in Greek. And I'm going to geek out just a tad with you, but I hope you will discover that this geeking out will actually help all of us not only better understand the story, but hopefully better claim its purpose for our lives and for the world. Now, you may recall that Peter and John have this battle about getting to the tomb and they, they're literally sort of racing it out. And, and John, the beloved, he gets there first, right? And he looks into the tomb and we're told in verse five that he saw the linen cloths, right? And, and there's a special Greek word here that's used. The word is blepe. And blepe is a Greek word that clearly can be translated as saw, but blepe has a very specific intent and purpose. It means that I observed, that I observed what was going on. And we would use this word like this. I, I see that it's raining. Or I, I see that the sun is out. I simply acknowledge an observation, right? I, I don't do anything about that observation. I don't make any news out of that observation. I just acknowledge I've, I've observed this. That's what John did. He, he blepeed, he observed that this was there. What I want to suggest is with regard to our faith and certainly with regard to this day is we've got to do more than simply observe that this is Easter. We've got to do more than simply observe that this day is occurring. And we certainly need to do more than observe the teachings of Jesus. If all we do is observe them, we never live them. We never become them. We never do them, right? But that's what that Greek word means. They, John simply observed. We get to the next verse and we likewise hear this word saw when you read it or when you heard me read. It's another word, however, in the Greek. It's not just saw as in observe. This Greek word is theore. And theore can be translated as saw, obviously. But this Greek word, theore, means I noticed. I noticed something different. I noticed something distinctive. Like, I, I see you have a spot on your shirt. Or I see you have new glasses. In other words, I took note of that. I took note that something was unique. Something happened here, right? So Peter saw Theore. And when he saw, he took note. Something was different. He, he didn't fully get it. He didn't uh, fully grasp it. But he knew something was different. That's why he also noticed the rest of the circumstances in the tomb. 
Now we read a couple of more verses and not only has uh, John observed, not only has Peter uh, taken notice, but now we get to verse eight and it again says that John saw something, but it's yet a third and different Greek word. This Greek word is Eden. And in verse eight, Eden is translated as saw, uh, John saw, but he also believed because Eden doesn't just mean I observed or I noticed, but this word saw means I understand. I now understand what I'm seeing. I understand what is happening here. I'm, I understand. So it might be something like this. I see what you're saying. I see the point that you're making, right? We use this same word and the same context in sight or seeing. And I wanna suggest friends, we've got to move on Easter from observing this day or taking note that it's special and we wear fun clothes or we've got to get to the point of understanding. And that's what John does. He begins to recognize there's something amazing about this day. There's something different that makes it holy, that makes it amazing, that changes who we are. And friends, that's what we need to get to is an understanding. But what's more fascinating than that is there's yet a fourth Greek word that changes everything about how we see the world. And it takes shape with Mary. Remember, Mary had this encounter with Jesus, uh, Peter and John leave, but Mary has another sighting. And so at the very last verse in verse 18, we see yet a fourth Greek word, harau. And harau is likewise translated as saw or seen, past tense. Mary says to those with whom she's sharing this story, I have seen the Lord. But notice harau doesn't just mean see. It's not just past tense of saw. For this Greek word means I've experienced. I've had an encounter. I have perceived that there is something here that is magnificent, that is altogether holy, that will change everything we've understood. Hurrah! And I want to suggest to you, friends, that that's really what this day is about. When I say uh, see now in this form of hurrah, it might be something like, I've seen the light. Or uh, I had the blessing many years ago to go to the Holy Land. And every time I now say to folks, I've seen the Holy Land, that's not just I've been there. That's not just I took a vacation there, but that is I've experienced it, you see. I've seen the Garden of Gethsemane. I've seen the Holy Sepulchre. I've seen the Jordan River, the Sea of Galilee. I've had an experience. And friends, that's what Easter is. Easter's not just a special day where we dress up. It's not just a unique day that we get to get together with family. Those are great things. But friends, Easter is an experience. It's an experience of new life. It's an experience of knowing that my life can be different than it currently is. And that's what happened to Peter and to John. It's what also happened to Mary. You remember when you reflect on Peter, you recognize he was a denier, he was a betrayer. You can well imagine that up until the day of resurrection, Peter had lost all sense of who he was, what life was about, what his purpose was. He had denied our Lord, he had betrayed Jesus. But he becomes altogether new because he had an experience of the empty tomb and the risen Christ. Peter, of course, 
would become the one who changes the world, right? He becomes, we're told in Matthew's gospel, the rock upon which the church is founded in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus becomes the one who would speak volumes and speak powerfully. Uh, Acts chapter two tells us that over 3000 people came to faith because he had an experience of the risen Christ and he was changed and made new. I reflect on um, John, the gospel writer, uh, and his friend James, who were disciples. They wanted to sit on Jesus's right hand at one point. They wanted all the glory. At another point, we're told in Luke chapter nine that when some folks were sort of uh, not pleased with what Jesus had to say, John and, and uh, James literally said, hey, should we call down fire on these guys? They didn't get it. But John and Peter together, Acts tells us, they would speak so powerfully into people's lives. They would touch people and heal them. They would change who people were simply because they had become new. They had begun to see the world differently because of what happened to them on that amazing day. And then there's Mary, Mary Magdalene. Who can forget her? Her story is powerful. Her life transformation is amazing. And what we now know from not only John's gospel, but at least one other gospel, Mary Magdalene will become the first evangelist. Mary Magdalene would be the first to tell the story that Jesus is raised, that she had literally seen him, that she herself had had an experience with the risen Christ. And she would be that amazing woman who would share that good news over and over again, not just because she noticed, not just because she had observed, but because she had experienced him. Friends, my, my uh, prayer for you, my hope for all of us is that because Jesus is raised, you now can see the world differently. You now can recognize that life does not have to be dull or boring. It do clearly doesn't have to be dark and dank. Every once in a while, there are going to be trials. Every once in a while, there are going to be tribulations. There are going to be setbacks. There are going to be things that knock us down. I wish that weren't so, but it is a part of life. We've taken note of that over these last 12 to 15 months with the pandemic and everything changed for us. Some of you lost jobs. Some of you lost family members. Some of you have taken hits on any number of levels. You see, the resurrection doesn't erase those things. What the resurrection does is help us to see the world differently because we recognize that death isn't final. We recognize that setbacks aren't failures. What we recognize is that we are different. Our experience of life and of love make all things new because Jesus left that tomb. I love the way the Apostle Paul put it at the very end of his letter to the church at Corinth. He talked about how this perishable body needs to uh, become uh, imperishable, how this mortal body needs to put on immortality. He, he said, death, um, you've lost your sting. Where is your victory, death? And then, of course, he acknowledges, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, my desire for you is to recognize this powerful gift of Easter that it will help you to not only just take note, to observe that somehow this is a special day, but to rather see the world and see life as an experience of resurrection, as an experience that God has claimed for you new 
possibilities. You know, throughout the season of Lent, many of you were fasting. And my prayer for you is that that fasting allowed you to see life differently, that it allowed you to recognize you need God in your life. My prayer is that you've now become different, that your experience of God and of the raised Christ will help change your heart. My prayer for all of us is on this Easter day that we would claim the good news that death is not the end of the road. My prayer for you is that you would recognize that darkness will always be overcome by light, that, that our failures, that our setbacks are not fatal, but rather opportunities to see the world differently. Friends, I pray this day and every day that your experience of Jesus, your hurrah, it will claim for you new life and that you will recognize this precious gift. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And he makes all things new. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for this powerful gift of seeing differently of becoming those who claim an experience with Jesus that's real, that's true, that's life transforming. God, my prayer for all of us is that we wouldn't just note that, that we wouldn't just observe that, but that we would recognize that it's real for the world and for each one of us uniquely and distinctly. Thank you that Peter, that John, and certainly that Mary, they saw Jesus, they experienced him, and they became new. God, that means we can too. Thank you, God, for making that gift real. In the name of Jesus Christ, the great one who's been raised from the dead, we pray. Amen.